0: Your Lending Era, the podcast where we dive into the world of residential, business and commercial finance, bringing you expert insight, tips and strategies to help you navigate the intricate landscape of lending in Australia. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica, and in today's episode, we will be discussing how you could use your equity within an existing property to purchase another, such as an investment, a commercial or a new family home. Today with me, I have David and Hope. Hi, Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. How are you? Good. How are we feeling today? Great. Feeling good. Good. It's a hot topic, this one, isn't it? It is. So guys, it's something we have seen a lot of in the last few years uh, with the COVID price uh, increase in housing, and that's tapping into equity within your property to purchase something else, whether it be a new family home or an investment property. But let's go back to the roots of this whole concept. What is equity and how is it actually determined?
1: So a lot of my friends and people not in the industry yep. um, that aren't familiar with these terms say to me, Hope, what does equity even mean? And I just tell them really simply, it's the gap between the existing debt on your home and the value of your property. So if your property is worth a million dollars and you've got a home loan for $500,000, you have got $500,000 worth of equity.
0: Oh, Beautiful. Half a mil. And am I right in saying that the equity within a property being determined, that who determines the value of that property?
2: So valuer, bank valuer. We'll, we'll jump in and do that. So um, usually a bank valuer will be appointed, either online valuation or, or bank valuer, and we'll actually go into a physical property inspection. Yep. And they will come up with comparable market sales to determine what that property is worth. Then obviously, as Hope was saying before, minus the loan amount. And that tells you what your available equity is. The
1: classic that I get is, oh, I had this real estate agent come out and appraise my home. Yes. And they said it's worth $1.5 And I'm like, um, well, we've just done a bank valuation. It's coming at a mill. Yeah. So I think we'll work off that.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it really is not, not necessarily determined <laughs> off what you think the property is intrinsically worth, yeah. um, but it's a certified valuation. Yeah, correct. correct. Okay. Beautiful. And at what limit does equity run out in a lending sense? Can I borrow all of that $500,000 or?
2: Well, um, ideally, we want to cap it at about 80%. So, 80%, you can usually extract equity up to 80% without incurring lender's mortgage insurance. In certain instances, you might push that a little bit more if there was some specific need to, but that would incur lender's mortgage insurance. So, um, the other important thing to remember is your equity changes all the time. As you were saying before, you know, COVID, everyone had this, you know, boost in their equity, but it falls as well. So, you know, it's really a snapshot in time. Whatever your property is worth at a given time, um, that's the equity that's available. So we're quite often at the moment getting clients coming to us going, well, I'm not sure what my house is going to be worth next year. Can I get my equity out now? Yeah, okay. Um, Because they know their equity will be potentially more limited next year if their house value goes down by, say, 5%.
0: Okay, and is that why you would recommend generally to keep it strategically placed at only 80% to protect them with that 20% buffer?
2: Yeah, it just gives them a bit more sleep at night factor as well, um, but also makes the bank sleep a bit better at night, knowing that there's (laughs) a bit of buffer in there. Yeah, Um, and, And hence... If the bank sleeps better at night, the loan application is easier to get approved.
0: Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And in terms of actually getting access to this equity, can I use my existing lender? Does it have to be a new lender? How would it look visually?
1: So, visually, the way that we normally do it, and I've had people come to me before and say, Hope, I want to access my equity, but I don't want to change my loan and I don't want to sell my property. And I say, Well, unfortunately, those are the only two ways that we can get it to to access the equity. Yeah. Um, So, the way that we normally do it, so if you were doing it to upsize your home and retain mm-hmm. the current property as an investment um, we would refinance the existing debt over to a new lender yep. um, on an investment loan and yep. then we'd have a second split for the equity release which is used as, as a deposit ideally the 20% deposit plus the stamp duty and cost for the new purchase um, okay. and that would be completely separate.
0: Okay, so they would essentially just be, like you said, two loans: one for one purpose, one for another. another yeah. Why do we separate them based on purpose?
1: For tax purposes, uh, okay. to keep it nice and clean for the accountant, uh, okay. and we to maximise tax deductibility. I don't know if I can say that because I'm not an accountant, but that's why we yeah, do it. that's why we do it.
0: <laughs> yes, we can. Hope is definitely not an accountant. We'll make that clear. But, Please, no uh... one sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, and now. Is, am I right in thinking that you can access equity from your existing lender? It just may be looked at differently. You may have to switch your other loan and do all of those kinds of things.
2: Yeah, you can do some kind of internal refinancing and some shuffling. So, yeah. you know, I've got clients that have been with, you know, a bank since they had a dollar mite account or something when they were a kid mm-hmm. and they're just entrenched. You know, that's where all the kids' accounts and stuff are. Yeah. So. It doesn't necessarily have to require a full refinance and switch. Um, It it can just be an internal refinance. And we can use that same lender's lending products to move the existing home over to an investment loan, take an interest only term and then do an equity release, unoccupied, and then use that as the deposit for the next thing.
0: Infinite options really,
2: aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, correct.
0: Okay, perfect. And now that we've, okay, I've had someone come out and value my property. I know what my 80% limit is. I know how it's going to look. How do I go about actually going ahead and getting access to that equity to say, let's use the scenario of an investment property. I want to go and purchase a property. What are the steps that I have to take to get that happening?
2: Yep. So once you've got your valuation and determined your math and numbers, yep. um, then it's a loan application. Okay. So we submit the loan application, uh, we leave ourselves plenty of lead time, mm-hmm. so you know, don't try and put in your loan application and try and get the funds to use as a deposit on a property next weekend. So plenty of lead time, put in our loan application, give us kind of four to six weeks to okay. get the access to the new funds, yeah. uh, and then the new funds will become available at the loan drawdown circa four, six weeks. Yeah. Um, and those funds are there available free and clear right? They okay. can either be deposited to an offset account or they can be in redraw against that loan. Yep. Um, so what I sometimes say to clients is if you want to visualize that, imagine that you're going, your equity that we're getting is like a big credit card, right? Yep. It's just yeah. kind of sitting there. You haven't used it. You can draw down on it whenever you're ready.
1: Ready to rock
0: and roll.
2: You might never draw down on it. You might draw down on it next week, but it's ready. Yeah. You know? okay. And that's the important bit. Just get yourself ready.
0: Okay. Beautiful. And in terms of um, getting that process started, am I right in thinking that the application would actually be a little bit of like a three-stepper? Because would the bank factor in the new change? Like if I'm buying an investment property and we're talking about affordability, I know we've spoken about the four to five times debt to income ratio. Would the bank then allow me to consider perhaps new rental income that I'd be getting?
2: Yeah, so they will. So they'll tie it all together because what they're going to do responsibly is they're going to ask a lot of questions. What do we want the equity for? What are we going to use it for? What are we going to purchase? Do we need a pre-approval for that as well? Mm -hmm. Um, How much is that property going to rent for? What are the likely outgoing expenses on that property? And they'll kind of bring that all together in their initial servicing calculator to work out. Can we refinance the home? Can we extract the equity? And can we make a purchase? And then, yeah, those three things, that three-step process all kind of happens very swiftly.
0: Okay, beautiful. And one thing I did definitely want to jump in a little bit about today, a little bit off off script here, guys, um, Mm -hmm. is we've all heard of the cross-securing, whereby you've got two properties um, and one loan against those two properties. We've kind of moved away from that model in in the last five to 10 years. Can you just let me know why we ever used it and why we've moved away from it?
1: We've moved away from it because it just limits what we can do in the future. Like, it just is so inflexible. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just a better way to do it which is what I was talking about before with the split loans because yeah. it keeps it way cleaner for the accountant yeah. um, and if they want to sell a property or you know release more equity or you know buy another property whatever it may be then when the properties are not cross-collateralized it makes our options moving forward a lot more
2: simple okay yeah. Um, it comes down to whether a full discharge, partial discharge, comes down to property values in mm-hmm. the future. So as Hope was saying, it's it does it seems simple, right? Yeah. But yeah. in the future it creates more complex calculations that need to be done. Um, yeah, okay. So let's just make it simple.
1: Yeah, and it puts way more work back on the lender too for yeah, them okay. to figure out. Oh, is there enough equity? Can we can we release this property? Mm. Um, which loan belongs to which property? You know, like it's just it, in the times that I have had to do it, um, it's always been more pushback from the lender because they have yeah, to okay. do more work.
0: Because I can see how having you know, for example, in this scenario of getting a refinance loan, an equity loan, and then a new loan for the new property, I'm like, that's three loans. Why would you pay three? Mm. But it's it's either you have this little bit of a headache in paying that third loan repayment, which is minor. Let's be honest, it's a direct debit repayment. No one really notices.
2: We can put them all on the same day, so it feels yeah. like it's one big yeah. loan one. If you big want.
0: payment. Or you have the headache of, let's say, you want to sell that property in ten years, yep. and you've got to try and talk with a broker, a bank, and a solicitor, and have four people involved in what could be a two-way street.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there are times where we have had no other choice yep. but to cross two properties together, mm-hmm. um, and and those instances obviously for that client we've had to do that and then unravel it at the other end whenever that time has come and obviously we work with them to do that but it's not our first choice and it's definitely not um, my recommendation on how I structure normal refinance, equity release and purchases in this day and age.
0: Okay, actually on that, we have funnily enough a scenario right now where we're having to cross secure. But I know that David has already set in place like a five to ten year plan. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: So it's really if we are going to cross secure, it's yep. really a case of, well, how do we get into this transaction, but yep. we already want to know how we're going to get out of the transaction. Yep. What do we think future values of properties worth? What do we think future values of those loans are going to be paid down to? What's our kind of exit strategy? Yep. What do we think our bank is going to ask us to do or close or pay down in the future? Yeah. So... You know, you think about that and you're like, well, that's, you know, how long is a piece of string? Mm -hmm. Um, You need to estimate how long your piece of string is um, before you kind of enter into that structure. Hence why. You don't do it too often. <laughs> no. Unless you really have to. <laughs>
1: yeah, unless your hands are literally tied like the properties. And there has been a time, do you know the file I'm talking about? No. Oh, we'll talk about it after this. <laughs> you will when I bring up the name. Um, But there was a time, I think three years ago, where they came to us with an exchange contract and we had no choice but to do it. So a well-known person that you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So there are certainly <laughs> circumstances, time and, and other mitigating factors that you don't have an option, um, particularly actually when there's an unacceptable security. Yep. I know that sometimes you can't uh, actually give a security title to a bank for some reason or another. Um, and in that instance, we would sometimes cross secure other things or just do a straight out equity release, right?
2: Yeah, correct. So sometimes you might you know cross two or three properties to provide enough equity to take one loan to go and purchase. Yeah a security that is not acceptable to the lender. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing one at the moment that's, you know, three, was it 300 and something acres? Yeah, it's, it's not massive. agricultural. It's not residential. It's not rural reg- residential. It doesn't have a livable house on it. Yeah, so from right. a, Yeah, and it's literally Weird. in the middle of nowhere with no power or road access or Why something. Why are they so buying this? It's a weekender. But, um, It'll
0: be good in the three to five years once yeah. they've got the
2: house on it. So, so that currently is a, a property that the bank... This particular bank says, "Look, I just, I just don't want it. No. Like, I, I understand you're going to give me the title of a property as security that is, you know, worth some couple hundred thousand dollars, but not for my, me. My policy is that I don't want it." Um, yeah. So it could be that. It could be student accommodation, mm-hmm. rural farmland. It could be, um, you know, some other form of, um, you know, small bedsit apartment, less than 30 yeah, square okay. metres in yeah. a converted wool store in Sydney or something, you know, something that a bank doesn't want. Yeah. And that's sometimes when you might cross a few properties to get the right equity release to be able to do that. Yeah, right.
0: Okay. Well, it sounds like in terms of equity and property, there's a few ways that we can go about accessing it and using it to facilitate a purchase, whether that is, you know, Via the equity release and separate property, not cross c- cross collateralising them. What it's tricky twister. to say, isn't it? It is. Um, but the only way to find out the best scenario going forward for you is to speak to someone who knows what they're talking about.
2: Correct? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, jump onto the website, get in touch with us, lodge an inquiry, and and let's have a chat.
0: Beautiful. And I know that um, between our office, there's the four uh, brokers and everyone specializes in, you know, we know a lot about a lot, but there's definitely specialist fields. Like I know David loves commercial. Um, Nicole has a real heart for rural residential properties.
1: And bridging finance. And
0: bridging. She's our (laughs) bridging go-to. No one else will do it, but um, of course we will. I'm only joking. Um, But yeah, look, if if you ever find yourself in a situation where you want to say, hey, do I have equity in my property? Can I do something with it? the first thing you should do is just get in touch with someone who can help you through that journey because it doesn't have to happen within the next six to eight weeks. You know, Dave could say, pay this loan down by 20 grand, come back in 12 months, right?
2: Yep, correct. And it happens all the time, you yep. know, because, you know, don't, you know, Be stick with what you know um, mm-hmm. and go to experts to get advice. Yeah. Um. So, you know, we talk to clients, you know, 10 times a day that are that are talking about how much equity do I have in here? What can I get my hands on? What do you think I can purchase? Um, and they're not trying to buy something this weekend. They're no. trying to plan for their family what they're going to do in the next five or 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes like really long conversations, but you've got to start the conversation yeah. somewhere. You know? Exactly.
0: And you can't really grow wealth overnight, can you? No. No, no,
2: it doesn't happen overnight.
1: Preferably starting the conversation before you've bought something.
2: Yeah, I'd say that's a... that is a very strong tip that you've <laughs> given their hope. Uh, go and talk to someone before you purchase. Yep.
0: And if you if you do, by any means, for some reason, outside of your control, you see, someone's forcing you, your hands are tied to buy a, <laughs> a property, um, please make sure that you do do a long settlement, yep. have a finance clause, all of those things, do your homework, um, invest in a quality conveyancer, mm. um, and also likewise, invest in a knowledgeable mortgage broker at some point in the journey, just preferably early on. Yep. I think
1: the Team that you have around you um, will really help in the success of yeah. settling. Yeah. Like if you've got a good conveyancer, if you've got a good broker, like there's not too much that can go wrong outside of that. No,
0: hundred percent. Look, I'm proof in the pudding. You know, I work with these great people, <laughs> oh, and thanks, I'm such yes. a success.
1: You are debt free.
0: Oh, debt free! Working with Dave. Woo, <laughs> <laughs> what a life! Okay, well, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to us talk a little bit about equity and using that equity to structure a growing property portfolio. Um, as always, we're more than happy to help run through any scenarios you may have. Twelve month, two year, three year plans. Just get in touch. We'll pop our details in the show notes, and um, we look forward to chatting again next week.
2: All right. Thanks, Jess.
0: Thanks, mate. Thanks, Hope. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded, the Ngunnawal people. We pay our respects to the elders of the Ngunnawal people, both past and present.